The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What's happening this week on your favorite soap opera? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. Now, before we get started with this week's discussion about anything and everything soaps, I wanted to take just a minute to thank everyone who participated in last week's special call-in show I want to tell you I had so much fun chatting with everyone, and I do know that some of you weren't able to get through to talk to me because there were so many other soap fans who were calling in and also trying to talk to me. So, uh, to make sure that everyone gets a chance to call in, I'm going to do another soap fan chat in the very near future, and hopefully that will give me a chance to chat with even more of you. Now, for episode 15 of Soap Central Live, we're welcoming another of daytime's biggest stars to the show. This week's guest made the journey from television's longest-running series to the longest-running number-one program in television history. For four and a half years, he appeared as Henry Coop Bradshaw on Guiding Light, for which he earned six SoapCentral.com Dankies nominations. In 2005, he was named one of the hottest hunks in daytime. Uh, But since last year, he's appeared as Philip IV, uh, but you can just call him Chance, on CBS's The Young and the Restless. Now, last week when Genoa City was rocked by a powerful explosion, his character was rocked by an explosion of his own. We'll talk a little bit about that. Please welcome this week's guest, John Driscoll. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Wow, that's, that's one hell of a welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's, hey, I, I do what I can. It's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun, and I appreciate, you know, with the crazy soap schedules, it's always so much to ask someone to to drop by for half an hour to an hour because, let's face it, there's not a lot of time. So I definitely appreciate you dropping by. It, uh, you know what, it's my pleasure. And uh, despite having a crazy schedule, um, you know, it's always nice to take a moment to kind of step back and, and, and you know, be able to relax and, and definitely be able to connect with, with fans and, and friends that you've known for a while, especially on this journey because, as we all know, soaps, it, it really is just a topsy-turvy journey and you get to meet a lot of great people so uh i'm i'm more than happy to do so so again thank you for having me well thank you one of the things that i like to do when folks drop by particularly for the first time on the show is to sort of figure out how they made it to daytime now for you just reading over some of your bios it seems like it was much more straightforward than some of my other guests because you were a theater major in college so i'm assuming being an actor was that something that was always on your radar you know what? It, it really, it, it wasn't. I grew up in a uh, in a military family, uh, and so a lot of the uh, the sciences and and the, the mathematics and stuff were really pushed upon me. And so, but I always I always had this uh, this interest in the arts. And so, uh, you know, before I uh, before I made a very uh, a, a rash step um, and enlisting into the military uh, right out of high school, 
uh, my mom talked to me. She said, look, you know, I know this is what you want to do, but at the same time, why don't you just give yourself that chance, you know, send out your college applications, see what comes back. And uh, um, I got a few acceptance letters, one of which uh, was for the music department at, uh, at George Mason University, which is right outside of Washington, D.C., so originally I had gone for music, uh, but uh, it's a very, very rigorous schedule there. And, and, and so uh, instead of learning to hate music, um, I, uh, I decided to do it on my own, but uh, I also really enjoyed and had a passion for, for theater. And so I switched okay. to a theater major, and, uh, and that's how this whole journey began. Okay, so let's rewind it then. When was the first time that you became familiar with, with soap operas? Was there anyone in your family who was a soap fan? Well, with, with soaps, yeah. I mean, my, my grandmother, for, for years, she used to watch and she would call them stories. And, and anyone knows that if you try and interrupt story time, I mean, <laughs> good God, watch out. Find the nearest object to hide behind because, I mean, I, I had pens, pencils, pads of paper thrown at me telling me to be quiet, stop talking. They can't hear the stories. And so that was my introduction to, uh, to, to the soaps. Now, as far as a, a specific one, I can't really say because at that point I was too young. I was always outside. I was always running around. Right. Um, but uh, I just remember soaps were always mentioned, and I, I remember conversations with, you know, did you remember? Do you remember what happened? Did you see what happened? This person, you know, Luke and Laura, this and that, and it was uh, it was always so so funny. And then now, fast forward quite a few years to be a part of that, um, and to be talked about in that capacity, you know, it's uh, it's definitely flattering. So going from George Mason, how did you learn about the opening? On Guiding Light, which of course was your first soap role. Yeah, it was it was really interesting. I um, George Mason, um, and no offense to them, but uh, I, I had a bit of a, a, a tough time um, during uh, during. I, I want to say it was my second year there because uh, um, I was working in the D.C. area, and uh, some auditions came up for some shows. One of which was Dawson's Creek on the WB, and mm-hmm. I landed a role on the WB show. So I was traveling down to North Carolina to film while in college. Oh wow! So. Much- so my professors gave me a bit of a hard time about that, and I missed a couple of finals. And they said, "Look, why don't you just take a year off? You know, we're not going to fail you, but we're going to give you some incompletes. Go take a year off of, of school. You know, figure out what you want to do, and then come back." And so I really kind of heeded their advice, and I said, "You know what? Yeah, that's a great idea." So I went up to New York, and uh, I was literally in New York for two months, just auditioning for whatever I could get into. Um, and the audition for Getting Light came up, and uh, and I, I nailed it. So I, I really had a, a very fortunate story of being there for only two months' time, and landing a contract role on a major soap opera. So, and that was my introduction to, uh, to soaps. And it was really, like everyone said, it was really sink or swim. You either pick it up and you get it, or, or you don't. And, and it just doesn't work for you. And they figured that out real quick. So uh, I was fortunate enough to, uh, to get it. <laughs> so was it, I'm assuming, I mean, you mentioned the, the sink or swim, and I think a lot of people really don't think that soaps are a lot of work. You know what, and I understand that, and I'm not going to take offense to that, because uh, there's always been this, this taboo that, oh, you know, actors, you know, second-rate actors can't really do it. You know what, I, I wouldn't trade any of my castmates for, you know, anyone else that, that are in these major blockbuster movies, because they just, they just get it. They, they work with so little time. They work with the maximum number of material. They have so many people giving them directions what to do and where to go, and yet they have to make this story work day in and day out. Um, you know, you look at a script that's 60-some pages, and you have to do all 60-some pages in that day. Right. You know, whereas you look at a primetime show, and they've got a full week to shoot this, and maybe they, maybe they do seven pages or eight pages a day, and that's considered a lot for them. Now, you know, it, it just, it, I, I can't ex- express it enough that it's just so rigorous. 
Um, and, and you're doing this daily. So if you're working three, four, five days a week, I mean, you're constantly memorizing stuff, putting it down, and then picking up the next stuff and trying to memorize that as well. Um, it, it really is a very tedious process, and uh, and I really didn't get it until I got into it uh, and, and really started doing it with Guiding Light. Did I did I fully realize, you know, people that are doing this for years and years, and uh, it's it's tough. But at the same time, if you create that that magic that sells the story and, and keeps people involved with it, I mean, there's no greater feeling. Well, speaking of years and years, I've been covering soaps now for SoapCentral.com for 15 years, okay. and I've seen soaps come, soap opera characters come and go and and whatnot. Yeah, but the death of Coop seemed to be filled with so much more emotion than some of the other deaths. I mean, it really looked like it wiped everyone out. And I'm just wondering if you can shed a little insight on that. Well, first off, thank you for the compliment. I, I do appreciate that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and you don't really realize it until, well, like anything, you don't really realize the magnitude of it until, uh, until you leave. Um, but I think, I think that, you know, Coop was a character that, um, that I'd like to believe that people could kind of empathize with and could kind of relate to, and they wanted to believe in, you know, the the underdog, the good guy. Uh oh, I think we've lost our guest. I mean, oh, there you are. We we I, I think you broke up a little bit there. I think that a lot of people really believed that character, and I think that they wanted to to succeed and and uh, and to really kind of connect with them and, and, and really kind of, you know, give my best to the storylines and, and just kind of lead, lead from the heart all the time and, and you know, never, never leave anything unsaid. Uh, because obviously, as you can see, you know, you never know when something traumatic may happen and take someone away from you. So I really think that's where the character, you know, came from. He had a very passionate father, a very loving mother, um, and he was very nurturing. And that was one of the things that I wanted to embrace with this character. And, um, you know, when they, when they told me that my character wasn't going to be around and they were going to be, you know, killing him off, First off, I said, well, thank you for not recasting. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but, you know, to, to be able to spend that much time on the storyline, um, and not to be selfish, it wasn't just about, you know, Coop. It was also about bringing Philip back, right. which ironically enough was as my character was entering the show, they were phasing his character out, and I was there on his last day when he was saying goodbye to uh, the Lizzie character, his daughter. And so I, it was. It was a great thing. It was a great episode when when Philip reaches into the car and, and right. pulls pulls my pulls Coop out of the car and thing right as it explodes, and then he brings him to the hospital, kind of like a, a vindication to show that this new Philip was back, is, is better Philip. Um, and uh, and you know what? To, to see so many people, the comments that were were left uh, either on Facebook or through you know emails that I had got after I'd left the show, or you know talking to fans and everything, and. and you know, seeing the, the montages online, you know, you go to YouTube and you type in, you know, uh, Henry Cooper Bradshaw and you just see, you know, people saying thank you and putting these pictures together and choosing this music. I mean, that's, I, I amazing, didn't realize it? until until it was over that uh, people really embraced this character and I, I just, I can't thank people enough. Well, speaking of the, the last day, uh, yeah. you know, your, your last scenes were literally, they were on fire. Uh, I mean, there were explosions and car crashes and it, was that something that you thought going into daytime that, you'd ever get to experience no i thought you'd be stuck in a studio and they'd have like wind machines and, and confetti <laughs> falling on you and that would be like the snow and they'd like you know, light a couple matches and they'd burn like a log or something like that and that's a fire no it was it was crazy but you know what i have to say that with all the stuff that was going as guiding light uh the budget was slowly being slashed and we had to find different ways of shooting being able to shoot outside was also very freeing because it allowed us to really feel you know, the elements. If it was cold, right. we're freezing. Yeah. If it's snowing, then it's snowing. <laughs> if it's raining, we're not faking it. We're soaked. 
you know, and, and I think that um, in that scene when they had to pull us out, it was literally 17 degrees outside, and they had hand warmers in our, in our gloves, in our, in our shoes, um, doing everything to keep us warm, and we had to shoot that over and over again, and that was actually my, uh, that was actually my last day. So the stuff that was, that was in the hospital that, that came afterwards, we had shot that prior to. And, um, and so we, we shot, it was like, uh, it was, I want to say it was like January 13th of 09 that we, we shot the last, last stuff. And, uh, and, uh, it was, wow. it was crazy. It really just blew my mind to see how much effort they put into it. And they had the rescue teams on standby and they had the local fire department coming in and they had the stunt coordinators and the smoke machines and pyrotechnics and everything like that. And it was just, I was, I looked at it, I was like, wow, this is great. This is going to be something that I could remember for years to come. Now, we have just about a minute before we go to our first break, so it'll sure. be a, a quick question. Hmm? Are you now spoiled going back to warm studios in California? <laughs> Is it a, little, a lot different than being out in 12 degrees in January in New Jersey? Yeah, it's a little bit. There's a lot more acting involved, i got to tell you. Let me tell you, I, <laughs> I love the natural aspect. You know, when you're trying to say your line, you got icicles forming on your nose. It makes it pretty damn easy to say you're cold, but <laughs> when you're... When you're in the studio and, and you got the wind blowing on you, and you know it takes a little bit more gusto to uh, to work that up. But uh, you know what? All in all, I just I love to work, and I'm I'm very happy that uh, I was able to find a home here at the at YNR, and that they've been able to embrace me and and you know bring this character back. Um, and people seem to be very receptive. You know, well, we're with, with gonna... a couple of discrepancies. Yeah, we're certainly going to talk more about The Young and the Restless, but we're going to quick go into our first commercial break. We'll be back with more of John Driscoll here on Soap Central Live after the break. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, soap fans. Are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Wielding power, shaping environments and outcomes, and making things happen are all essential characteristics of great leaders. Yet these qualities alone are not enough to ensure your success. In a complex world, how do you decide what's most important to you? In your career, your relationships, your finances, your family, in the world around you, in the whole of your life at large. Dr. Joseph Riggio, the host of Leadership Intuition, says that personal leadership, the desire to take charge of your life, is the key to creating futures that work and building a life worth living. 
Join Joseph as he reveals the power of uncovering and living your own personal mythology, the key to personal transformation, exquisite performance, and social influence. Learn to look inside and discover your personal mythology and unique leadership style. Go beyond conventional advice and discover your unique success blueprint on leadership intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership intuitions, power, achievement, relationships. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned in today with Soap Central Live starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Soap Central Live. I'm Dan Kroll, and I'm joined by the Young and the Restless is John Driscoll. We, are, we were just talking about some Guiding Light stuff, but as fans know, you made the transition over to Y&R, and you know, there's some set sources who say that your audition for Y&R mm-hmm. you just knocked it out of the park. Uh, well, you know what? It didn't feel like that after five audition attempts, and, and let me be honest, the first time I auditioned for them via tape, they said no. But uh, once uh, it's, it's hard to audition for something and really get a feel for it when you're three thousand miles away. But so to meet in, in person and, and meet up with uh, Maria Bell and, and Paul Rausch and, and uh, Camille Saint Cyr, uh, the casting uh, uh, person for the show, and uh, we really just kind of hit it off. And um, you know, I, I really, I really thank my time on, on Guiding Light and kind of helping me and, and you know prepping me and stuff like that. Come out here and, and join the number one daytime show. Uh, I, I had a lot of helping hands, but uh, I've, I've managed to find a home out here. So I am very thankful. When you found out that you had gotten the role on Y&R, did you know that you would be playing what some fans are calling television's most famous virgin? <laughs> no, they seem to leave that one out of the character description. <laughs> they didn't tell me. They said, oh, he's this rough and tumble guy, and he's coming back from the military, and this and that, and... And so I, I started going to the gym a lot, and I was talking to my friends, and I was, I was putting myself on this regiment and, and getting myself ready for this. And, and all of a sudden they say, and by the way, he's a virgin. On my first day, I'm like, what? <laughs> and so it's like, yeah. So basically every time that situation and that subject had to come up, it's like, okay, how do I find a way out of it without being too bashful <laughs> and like not looking like I don't know what the hell I'm doing? Which in essence, I really didn't. And I got to tell you, you know, that whole explosive scene that we were talking about, you know, the character losing his virginity, that's probably got to be the shortest daytime scene in history. So uh, <laughs> it, it may have been short, but it was certainly memorable. I'd like to take, now, take did you credit stop, for that. <laughs> did you stop your gym regimen when you found out, oh, wow, you know, there won't be any sex scenes anytime soon? <laughs> I was like, well, I'm not taking my shirt off, so I don't need to worry about this. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, it was fine. It was, it was absolutely great. It just gave me a big laugh, and literally, you know, i got to tell you, 
talking about sex with your mother just is not something that's high on my priority list. And when my mom found out about this, that my character was a virgin, I didn't tell her. I didn't tell any of my family, first and foremost. And when it came out on TV, I can't tell you how many times people would call me saying, are you joking? Really? Are, <laughs> are you for real? And I said, yes, it's not a, it's not a joke. This is the storyline they gave me. And they just laughed. They would just laugh at me. And I was like, all right, well, you know, might as well get it. I can't get it from my family. No sympathy whatsoever. It's an unusual storyline, though. Certainly, it is. For well, at least for what? a guy, it is. It's a very unusual storyline. But you know what? At the same time, it's um, you know, and, and I don't want to you know raise too many hairs about this. But you know, you find more and more people actually have that 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 sense about them that you know what? I just kind of want to wait. I want to wait till either marriage or till the moment is right, and not something mm-hmm. just to kind of go ahead and do. And uh, I think a lot of that is, is uh, contributed to the fact that uh, he was raised by just his mom. I mean, his dad wasn't there. He thought he was dead. Mm-hmm. And so he, he had a lot of the values instilled in him, and so that's why he took it so serious. Well, let's talk about that. For, for folks who are listening who may not be familiar with The Young and the Restless, your character thought that his father was dead, but yep. it turned out that he wasn't. He only staged his death. He staged his death because uh, uh, he... He couldn't deal with the pressures and the rigors of being part of the family, the Chancellor family, you know, from the money, as well as a pretty big secret was that uh, he uh, he was gay. He was he was homosexual, and he just didn't know how that would have been, you know, accepted into the family. And uh, and so he, instead of doing the honorable thing and stepping up and saying, you know what, you know, this is who I am, and, and letting his family accept that, he chose to run. And so for the longest time, his son didn't know that his father was alive. And so he missed out on a big portion. And then uh, when the character came back, um, he tried to make amends, and, and that just didn't happen right off the bat. He had a lot of apologies to uh, to give and, and saying, I'm sorry. You know, he hurt a lot of people. It, it's definitely a dynamic that I can't think of uh, actually having taken place on any other soaps. Right. Well, and that's the thing you, you find is that it's always the, the son, you know, and that's one of the things that they brought up. It's always the son coming out to the parents or to right. the parents. Um, and to have the the parent look at the son and ask for the son's uh, approval and and you know forgiveness and apology, you know that that's a big thing. And I, I honestly, I, I think that you know the biggest thing was that you had to, for me. I had taken it into perspective that this character, you know, Philip Chancellor, um, has seen a lot of has seen a lot of death and has seen a lot of horror. And I think that without a lot of those uh, those images and those sights, um, it would have been harder for him. To to really accept his father because he would have just seen a coward. Mm-hmm. Um, he saw, you know, young young people that were like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years old, the horrors of being in those kind of situations in war in Afghanistan and Iraq. The character was, um, and he just wanted to see his father stand up and be a man, you know. And and he didn't care whether he was gay or not. He just wanted his father, who had lied to him. That didn't matter. He just wanted him to be there. And so that was the great storyline that took place over the six to eight months was saying, I'm sorry, and just saying, look, I, I forgive you for being my father. I don't care if you're gay or, or straight or whatever it is. You're still my father. That doesn't change anything. I just needed you to step up and, and just say that you, you're sorry and that you're going to be there, and you're not going to do it again. Now, segueing a little bit more into the future, just uh, earlier this month, one of your former Guiding Light co-stars, Marcy Ryland, started taping uh, She's the New Abby on y and And I'm wondering, That's what are your right. thoughts about seeing a familiar face in the Genoa City Halls? You know what? It was so it was so funny. I'm the last to find out anything. When I saw her there, I couldn't believe it. I didn't know what, what she was there for. I, I left. I heard she was just taking a general meeting. And, uh, and by the way, she only took a general meeting. She didn't have to go through five auditions, so kudos to her. Um, <laughs> She, uh, she's 
she's going to be very welcome there, and and she's just a great little actress, and and she's got such a such a, a spunk about her um, that she's really going to kind of I think fit this character. Whether she's going to be a good girl or a bad girl, whatever it is, I really think that she's going to be able to handle it and uh, and really knock it out of the park. And I'm excited to uh, to see her work. Now we have a question that came in from one of the listeners. Uh, says that you have the interesting uh, fact that both of your characters went by nicknames. You were Coop and your chance. Do you have yes. a nickname that you can talk about in real life? I, I have a nickname in real life? Do I have a nickname in real life? Do you have a nickname? I, I, oh, God. Uh, in high school, my friends called me Chicken Little because I had little chicken legs. Um, <laughs> when I would, when I would uh, you know, play sports and stuff like that, I was always the fastest on the team, but I, I had the smallest legs. Um, oh, dear God. No, I, you know, it's just it, it's so funny. <laughs> It's really funny. I mean, on Guiding Light, it was uh, it was Coop Cooper, and now it's Chance Chancellor. Chancellor. And and so now I, I think uh, you know hopefully one of these days we're going to work our way up to like the D's maybe, and it'll be you know Dave Davidson or something like. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what the next project has in store for me. Well, let's hope that it's not too far or too near. Let's hope it's further no. much further down the road. See, that's the thing about daytime is that you know where your beginning is. You're not quite sure where your middle is, and God forbid you get to your ending because then you're fired. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had Walt Willie on the show, and he was on to talk about the Soap Fest event on Marco Island in Florida. And I know that you're a part of this as well, so I'm, I'm interested to know a little bit of how you got involved and, and what fans can expect for this. Absolutely. You know what? It's, uh, it's interesting. Um, I've been doing this. This is going to be either my fifth or sixth. I want to say maybe my sixth year going down there. And uh, it's just such a great event. And it originally started as a film festival, but uh, now it's, it's predominantly just the charity portion of it. And uh, Walt is such a great guy. He goes down, he emcees it, and, and uh, really, really, you know, really great guy, very personable, super nice. And uh, it actually has a very special meaning uh, for himself. Um, it, it deals, there are various charities that they raise money for, but one of the big ones is uh, for autism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for a facility down there uh, that autistic children, um, no matter the, the severity of the, the autism or Asperger's, whatever they have, um, the children can go there. And so this raises money to uh, not only put on programs there, and, and uh, but also to help out. You know, a couple of years ago there was a hurricane through there, and it did a lot of damage. And so mm-hmm. they raised money to go ahead and, and help these kids along because literally annually the numbers are dropping. It used to be one in every 200. Now it's one in every 60, 166, yeah. uh, 132. I, I forget what it is, but um, we, we just go down there and we have all these weekend events, you know, we meet the fans. Uh, meet the soap stars and thing. We auction off personal items that we bring down there, and over the entire course of the weekend, we try and raise as much money as we can to wow. help support these programs for these kids. Because honestly, you know, it may not seem like much, but when you have the slightest breakthrough, especially with a child who's autistic, it means the world—not just to the people helping them out, but to the parents. Because I've been around autistic children, not just at this event, but in my daily life. And uh, you know, some people turn away from them and say, "God, I can't understand them." But you know what? If you look a little deeper you can really see some special stuff about these kids, whether it's the way they interact with people, whether it's the way they, they see or hear things or compute things. It may be different than what we call normal, but it really is just as special and it's just as important. And it's really important that we, we nurture these talents because these, these kids have got so much to offer. You just have to find how to, how to get through to them. And, uh, and that's why I continue to go down there because I really believe in what they're doing down there. And the event, for those of you who are out there listening who are interested, it's called Soap Fest, and it's held May 15th and 16th. Tickets yep. are still on sale. There's a whole weekend of events. Uh, like you said, the auction, there's you know mixes and mingles and whatnot. And you can go to soapfest.com for more information. 
Yep, yep. It's uh, it's a great event. I wish I could say one event is better than the next, but they're all so different. Um, but you're just you're so hands on with the actors, um, and it's just a great time. I mean, there's going to be karaoke, there's bartending events, there's there's auctions, there's there's so many things that go on down there. If you haven't been before, I highly recommend that you go. If you have been there, drag a friend with you. Um, and overall, it all goes to charity. So it's just a, it's such a great time, and I'm I personally looking forward to going back down there again. Well, if you can believe it, uh, we're at the time where we have to go to a commercial break. I want to thank you so much for dropping by, John. It was, it was a pleasure. I feel like there's so much more to talk about. Maybe you'll, uh, you'll come by again in the future. I certainly will. I would love to, and like I said, I tend to ramble, and hopefully next time we'll be able to take a couple more calls and, and be able to talk to a few more fans and uh, get to some of those video gaming questions because, you know, I'm always up for it. Oh, absolutely. That'd be great. Thank you so Perfect. much, John. All right. Take care. Bye, guys. We'll be back with more of Soap Central Live after the break. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, so fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Haiti has been hit hard by a deadly earthquake. Destruction is everywhere. Tens of thousands are feared dead and hundreds of thousands are homeless without food, water, and basic necessities. Save the Children is on the scene, but your support is urgently needed to help us save lives. Please give as much as you can now. Call 1-800-SAVE-THE-CHILDREN or go online at savethechildren.org. You can even donate $10 right now by texting the word SAVE from your cell phone to 20222. Please give now. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and I want to thank John Driscoll again so much for dropping by in the last half hour. Uh, Again, uh, the time went so fast. Uh, John said that he will come back maybe after Soap Fest and give us a little lowdown of what happened and take some of your calls. 
But coming up next, my next guest sounds like he's three guests in one, but don't let the name fool you. He's actually a Two Scoops columnist for The Bold and the Beautiful on SoapCentral.com. But as with any good columnist, he has a lot of thoughts about other soaps as well. So please welcome first-time guest to the show, Adam Michael James. Hello, Dan. Hello. We're going to call you Mike for the purpose of this because I don't know if, if I'm going to get Adam Michael James out of my I know. Mouth. When, when I picked that name, you know, I thought it was really clever. And then I, as I've used it through my, uh, through my work, I've, I've gotten that a lot. It's like, uh, he's the guy with three names. It was perfect for a soap, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Or, Nikki or Newman Abbott. I mean, you know. Okay, so let's, we're going to, since you're a first-time guest, we have to do the swoop down, as I do with every other first-time guest. How did you start watching the soaps? Well, it's, it's funny how it happened. I, I was in high school, and it actually was that my mother was watching some of the primetime soaps. As I remember, she was watching Dynasty in, uh, in uh, Rerun. And, you know, I would sit there doing my homework and think, boy, this is really stupid. I, I can't believe this. this is what, what a dumb show. And then there was this one storyline I got hooked on. Uh-oh. And I just started watching it, and I was like, oh, oh, what's that? Oh, my God, no, they didn't. What was the storyline? Uh, did, did you watch the show? Uh, maybe. Do you remember, remember uh, early on when uh, Claudia, you know, she was kind of going kind of crazy, and she had the, the baby doll on the roof, and they thought it was the real baby? You don't remember now, that, do I you? Don't know. Now, this I don't know, but this sounds fascinating. <laughs> yeah, well, Claudia thought she had a real baby, and so they're trying to get her down off the roof, and she trips and falls, of course, <gasps> and the baby flies off the roof, and everybody's just freaking out, and it was just a doll because she was delusional and thought she had her daughter in her arms, and I, I just couldn't take my eyes off of it. And so after that, I started, you know, watching the show in, in regular run, and once I got out of high school, uh, my mom was sitting around watching the CBS soaps, and uh, so I started sitting down, now having had an appreciation for soaps, and I, I sat down and, and watched that, and I've been following uh, the CBS soaps particularly Y&R and B&B off and on since 1988. I mean, I don't always have time to watch them, but I've always followed it one way or the other. Okay, so I mentioned, of course, you write the Two Scoops column for B&B on SoapCentral.com, but, you know, I know from corresponding with you that you do watch some other soaps, so let's break down your list of soaps so everyone out there knows if they want to call in what they can ask about. Okay, well, um, I've, like I said, I've followed The Young and the Restless for quite a while. Um, I do check in on As the World Turns. Okay. Um, of course, um, Guiding Light. And I, I was a recent convert to One Life to Live. Um, no, I said was. <laughs> so you're no longer watching. Well, I, I still peek in, but, you know, re- recent developments uh, I was rather disappointed with. Well, let's start with the top of the lineup. Let's start with The Bold and the Beautiful, which is what you write a column for. Now, in your Two Scoops column, you're giving readers... A geometry lesson, B and B style. Can you maybe give us a little more information about what geometry has to do with the bold and the beautiful? Well, you know, every week, you know, I kind of watch my set of episodes and try to find some common link, you know, so I can say something clever. And um, what I noticed in uh, it wasn't for this week; it was for last week. Um, there seemed to be uh, a triangle and a quadrangle going on at the same time because it was really, you know, when you have a half an hour show, you can really only cover two stories pretty much within a week. So you had the, the triangle with Eric, Stephanie, and Donna, mm-hmm. and then you had the quadrangle with um, Owen and Bridget and, and Nick and Jackie. And so that, that seemed to be the story for, 
for that particular week. Of course, it's changed a little bit this week already, but that's what was going on during my last column. And so, hey, I thought a geometry parallel was just as good as any. It seems uh, a little strange that there's a a triangle or a quadrangle or or a a hexagon or whatever that doesn't involve Brooke. I know. What a shock. (laughs) But I'm I'm really relieved because, and I know a lot of um, anti-Brooke fans are going to hate me for this one, but, geez, it would just be nice to see Brooke and Rich stay together for a while. I mean, you know, because... Brooke and anyone, for that matter. Brooke and anyone. Yeah, I mean, because can't they just keep a couple together longer than a couple of months? How is it a couple is only interesting once you start pulling them apart? I mean, believe me, there's plenty of stuff in conflict within a relationship to keep a storyline interesting. You know, you're really probably right about that. I wonder where that old belief came from where, you know, a happy couple is a boring couple. I don't know, but I, I you know, sometimes I wonder what, what kind of an example this sets, too. You know, I mean, not to go too far into that, but, you know... Um, you know, growing up watching these shows, watching, you know, these, uh, you know, merry-go-round relationships, <laughs> just what kind of seeds are they planting, you know? But it's fun to watch. No, definitely, of course it is. You, you never know what's going to happen. You have, uh, you know, evil twins, you have uh, feuding brothers, you have uh, you know, married couples that were together forever, and then something hot, new, and young comes along, and then they break up, and then you want them to get, it's a soap opera. I mean, what more can you ask for? Yeah, I think a lot of it is just the the having people rooting for that couple and, and more of it being invested in wanting them to get back together or to get together in the first place rather than them actually being together. That's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, while we're talking and while we're going on from soap to soap, I do want to remind folks that they can call in if they have any questions. Uh, we'll try to field them as best we can. And the call-in number is 866 472 it is toll-free, so feel free to call in. Um, now, we're going to quick move, since I know that you mentioned you do peek in on As the World Turns and that you were a Guiding Light fan as well. What are your thoughts, pretty much obviously on the end of Guiding Light, and the fact that As the World Turns is going to be gone in about uh, five months? It's scary, really. I mean, maybe because you know when we grow up having soaps, either in the background or we watch them, they kind of think they're always going to be there because they're not like regular television shows, you know, uh, primetime shows, which, you know, can last a season or, you know, five or ten, and they, they generally drop off rather quickly, whereas soaps kind of seem to always be there. And so just having them suddenly not be there is, is, is scary. And, um, yeah, Guiding Light going off, I mean, after 72 years, I mean, I don't know, that just seemed pretty extreme to me. I often wonder if it isn't so much that a soap was canceled, but it, the fact that the soap that was canceled is the one that was on the longest. Not it's really that many people. Thing because, because now as the world turns, it's the second longest yes. soap, right? And what's after that? Is it General Hospital? I think it's General Hospital. And they better watch out. <laughs> Days of Our Lives. Uh, you know, General Hospital seems to be doing fine. It's, it's usually on the top of ABC's ratings and... You know, no one ever talks about General Hospital being in that's danger. That's true. That's true. You never hear cancellation rumors with them. But yeah, as the world turns, I, I don't know why they're deciding. I mean, okay, they've, they've not exactly been at the top of their game. None of the soaps have really been totally at the top of their game, but it's hard to compare because, you know, the, the, the landscape for soaps was so different Absolutely. 20 years ago, 10 years ago. 
and what they're up against now is so different with, with all this reality television and and our attention spans are shorter and people are just expecting more shocks and and things like that and so it's it is harder to you know have you know this kind of storytelling in that atmosphere i think well mentioning 20 years and we we've touched on one life to live briefly just in in talking so far uh, there's a article in men's health magazine from ryan Philippe, who of course was on one life to live back in the early 1990s he played a gay teen and i remember heard, reading about that yeah i've heard from a lot of people who have said that it's amazing in that 20 years how uh, the storyline, a uh, topic of, of a gay male, has changed from uh, you know, uh, the reversion or conversion therapy to deprogram someone to One Life to Live Now, where they have a gay couple raising a baby together. Yeah, that's quite a jump. And, and even the conversion therapy stuff, that was just as recently as five years ago with uh, Luke, wasn't it? On As the World Turns, yeah. Yeah, that is pretty amazing. It, it's it's good that, you know, the soaps are finally kind of coming around and, and, you know, giving more than one group representation. You know, and, and One Life to Live did a really great job, which is why I cannot understand what their thinking was when they got rid of Kish. I think from reading from a lot of people, it seems to be not just that it was that particular couple. It seems, for the most part, that Kish, uh, Kyle, and, and Oliver were really well received by viewers, but it was a lot of the extracurriculars, that there was a, a big gay wedding, that there was mm, uh, someone true. pretending to be gay to get votes, and it was sort of gay overload, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I think I could understand that. That would probably be the same with just about any storyline. I mean, uh, I think just you know, from, from my watching that, it was just so interesting to see that they actually went there that I wasn't you know, thinking that it might be overload. But, you know, look at The Bold and the Beautiful when, for a while there, they were the Steffi show. Absolutely. You know, I think it's the same idea, you know, that you're getting at is, is any storyline having that much exposure is eventually going to turn people off. Makes me wonder, though, why so many soaps will do that. They find a power couple or a money couple or a money character, and... I don't want to say run it into the ground because that gives sort of a negative connotation to it, but they're so happy that people like a character or, or a couple that it's every day. And then even the, the, the most diehard of fans after a while are thinking, ooh, okay, enough. Even I don't like to see this person anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, I think a lot of the soaps are having that problem in terms of not having enough balance. I mean, so many of our shows have such a, a wide canvas of characters. I mean, Bold and the Beautiful alone, for a half an hour show, I think they have like 20, 25 characters. Now, I know most of, I, I don't know if all of them are a contract or not, but, you know, you rarely see, you know, more than, you know, six or seven in a month. And um, it, it's, it's interesting how they kind of, not just Bold and Beautiful, but all, all the soaps seem to be, you know, they hone in on one particular storyline for mm-hmm. a while. And maybe a little, Maybe it is a little much. Sometimes I, I wish they could spread it out a little bit more. What we're going to do is we're coming up on a break here. Since we're talking about storylines that maybe should have been shuffled up or, or cut short, I'm going to ask you for maybe one or two of your picks of the longest drawn-out storylines. And then I'm also going to ask you about the possible return of one of my favorites to The Bold and the Beautiful, Adrian France. So for everyone out there, keep it tuned here. We're going to take a break, but we'll be back with more of Soap Central Live after the break.
talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, so fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Can you imagine a technology that takes human consciousness to the next level? One that reveals a new understanding of what is valuable and possible in the abundant support of life? The truth is, we already have that technology. We simply need to awaken to it and become the value it creates. For more about this, please tune in to Awakening Value, Shamanic Technologies of Consciousness and Success with host Marty Spiegelman. Awakening Value is live every Thursday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, Soap fans. Welcome back to the last segment here on this week's edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and I'm chatting with the Bold and the Beautiful Two Scoops columnist from SoapCentral.com, Mike. Hello. We're back. We, indeed we are. Now, we were talking about, uh, just in, it sort of got that way, it wasn't really anything planned, but about the need to shuffle up some stories on some of the soaps just so that the same people aren't featured prominently day after day after day. Give them a chance to be missed. Yeah, Hello, Thorn Forrester, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> is there anything in your mind that steps out first that says, you know what, that's a story that if it were shuffled up a little bit better, it would be much more entertaining than it is right now? Hmm. God, that's, that's a tough one because um, the stories, the storylines are, are um, they're not so much drawn out as they just seem to, they move so quickly sometimes. Um Okay, for example, the, the whole um, thing on uh, Bold and Beautiful with, with Steffi trying to get back control of Forrester Creations. Mm-hmm. And where they're just kind of, where every other day Ridge is complaining about, oh, I really don't want to come into work. And Steffi's saying, well, I think I can get back the company from Bill. And it's just kind of this repetitive dialogue. And maybe if they had 
shuffled that up with some different facets of it. Like, again, going back to Thorne, it's so, well, why wasn't, maybe he could have bought back the company or he could have teamed up with Steffi or, you know, they, they have, all, it's not the only show that does this or they have these legacy characters and they just don't do anything with them. That's one example I, I could think of. And that's a good but, point. That's, that's a good example. You know, and, and the thing that, that gets tricky is, you know, they'll sort of tell the, their stories in blocks, like for a week or two, kind of wrap that up, sort of, but they'll leave things hanging and then move on to something else without really addressing, like, okay, so Steffi um, got control of Forrester by almost seducing Bill, and ever, the family thinks it's great. Except, I mean, I think Rich finally did find out about it, but um, they they sort of dropped it, and I'm still waiting for for Bill to come back and and take his revenge. What I like though about the Bold and the Beautiful, they seem to do really well, is they bring people in, they move people out, and they keep them there just long enough to be useful. And there is some talk that Agent France, a daytime Emmy winner, may be back to the Bold and the Beautiful later this year, but we're not entirely sure whether she'll be playing April Knight or whether she'll be playing uh, Amber Moore, which people may know she was over on The Young and the Restless for a period of time, but before that she was on The Bold and the Beautiful, so she couldn't she come back. She started on B&B with, with, with Sheila. That was her first storyline. So it's on Sheila's fault. She found her. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on the possible return, and do you have a preference one way or the other uh, over which character she should play if she does come back? Well, I have two thoughts on that. One is that, of course, she should be Amber because that's how everybody knows her. And April was on, what, a month or two? What was it, 2003, something like that? I mean, she was so sort of hit and miss. I don't know if the, the viewers are really going to remember her. But on the other hand, you know, was, I was reading, you know, on some of the, um, on Soap Central and some of the other sites that, uh, is it true that April's last name is Knight? It is correct, and there was some. Isn't thought. that also Owen's last name? That is correct, and, and I doesn't think that that Owen was... have a twin? <laughs> well, you know, if you're going to go by last name, look at um, Marcus's dad. Uh, it, the Justin, name is yeah. Last name Barber, I believe. Drusilla. That is, you know, hey. Uh, it's, I'm sure yeah, the name didn't I mean, other than that, they're nowhere. just you know borrowing off of each other's last names. But God, wouldn't that be interesting if if April and Owen turned out to be related, and and that way Amber was also part of that family, and it would, God, that would give Owen a family besides Jackie, of course. It's you know, it certainly would. And sometimes I wonder when they pick names if they're done intentionally. Uh, I, I certainly think Owen Knight, the name was chosen just for the purpose of there could be future story. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they were thinking of April. I mean, like I said, she, she was just sort of a hit-and-miss character. I mean, I, I've heard about Adrian France coming, um, possibly coming to B&B, but I thought, I seem to understand she's on a search for um, her child, or little D. Well, you know, there's... not that little anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, but they will keep that until they, they come up with a better name. They do that, I think, on, on all the soaps, but... You know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. There's, there's nothing confirmed that she's returning. Right, right. I know it's all just conjecture at this point, but it is interesting. Um, you know, there's also some talk that perhaps Adrian will be on both The Young and the Restless and The Bold and the Beautiful at the same time as hey, two different characters. you know, it worked for Lauren and Sheila back in the 90s. But it's confusing. Oh, well, yeah, I guess it can because they kind of run different soap opera days. 
you know, have to, to hurry, run from your dressing room, run across the hall, literally uh, the Bold and the Beautiful and the Young and the Restless tape just across the hall from each other, you know, wear the wrong outfit or have on oh, the wrong no, wig. That, or... that would be confusing. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> be a lot of fun, it's though. It's not that big a soundstage. I mean, um, I, I actually did extra work uh, on a couple of the soaps back in the late 90s. Oh, and, uh, we yeah, have I was lucky enough here. to actually be in a scene with Adrian France. Not that I don't think she'd remember, but uh, it was the the scene where um, ultimately where Amber ended up donating her kidney to Rick. But it was right before the accident that oh. that caused Amber to have to donate the kidney. And we were all in insomnia, and and CJ and Rick and. And Amber, we're all singing on stage. Well, this takes an interesting twist. See what happens on our Friday cliffhangers here on Soap Central Live. We have a, an exciting twist with our special guest, so one that right, I didn't so, even know about. Oh, there's always more. <laughs> let's talk briefly before we run out of time. Let's, you know, uh, the glamour behind it, because uh, we've already dis- established that being a soap actor is a lot of hard work. What is it like for someone who is uh, an extra and maybe just has to sit in the background and not say anything? I'd imagine you're there for a long period of time. It depends. I mean, on because the soaps move so quickly through through one scene to the next scene, it, it does go faster. You're usually not on a soap set all that long. I think um, maybe six hours was my max. Whereas if you're like on a primetime show and they shoot the same scene fourteen times, you know you can you can easily be there twelve hours. I, I very much enjoyed being on the soaps. I, um, I, I actually did twelve episodes of Days. They kept calling me, and one day they stopped. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> oh, wow, I wandered around Salem Place. I wandered, <laughs> wandered around the Cheaton Heart. Like I said, on, on Bold and the Beautiful, I was, uh, you know, sat, you know, uh, in the insomnia, clapping my hands. You know, I think you saw my watch in that one. <laughs> That's uh, just as a, a related interest. I had done interviews for a radio show out of Canada, and they kept call- they called me back, and I accidentally uh, let fly with a word that shouldn't be used on the radio. Uh oh! But they loved it. Apparently, it, it, <laughs> Canada didn't have an issue with it. The second show, they called me back. Oh, I accidentally did it again. On the third show, I was pulled together. I didn't say anything naughty, and they haven't called me back since. Ah. Uh, well, you know, I mean, soap budgets are different now too. I mean, look at Bold and the Beautiful. When was the last time they had a fashion show? I think just because of the economic climate. Absolutely. They can't really afford to hire all these extras for these things. And that used to be the fun thing to see where they were going to travel in the world next for all yep, of their... Yep, or, or what their fashion line was going to be. And you know, now you have Brooke and Donna you know, doing the modeling themselves. and it, it just doesn't ring true, but I understand why they're doing it. Well, uh, they haven't called either one of us to model anything, so you know they, they, they can't be. When was the last time they did a men's line? <laughs> well, I can't believe, but we are out of time, Mike. So oh, no. I want to thank you so much for calling in. And, it was uh, so ho- much fun. Hopefully, you'll be able to come back, and we'll have more time and take some calls and all that other good stuff. Oh, I'd love it. I'd love it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Dan. Great show, by the way. Thank you. I'd like to thank my special guest this week, John Driscoll. You can, of course, catch him weekdays on The Young and the Restless. Check your local listings for the time and channel in your area. If you're interested in taking part in this year's Soap Fest, there's still time. The event is held May 15th and 16th on Marco Island, Florida. If you want more information, check out SoapFest.com, or, of course, you can head over to SoapCentral.com. Now, be sure to tune in next week when I'll be talking to Ricky Paul Golden about his new primetime series, Seeing Versus Believing. That guarantees to be really interesting. He sets out to sort of debunk 
some supernatural claims and to show which ones are true. Definitely going to be interesting. So until then, I'm Dan Kroll signing off for another edition of Soap Central Live. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 